A lawsuit out of Montreal has revealed unorthodox procedures for dealing with sexual assault allegations on campus. A student at Montreal's McGill University has filed a lawsuit alleging he was forced to defend allegations of sexual assault which weren't detailed to him and from an accuser who remained anonymous. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. Montreal Gazette crime reporter Paul Cherry joins me to talk about how this case was handled by a student society panel, the public actions taken against the student, and how the process was overturned on appeal. Don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite shows. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. None of the allegations discussed in this lawsuit have been proven in court. So, Paul... In Montreal, there is kind of an interesting court case that looks like it could have sprung out of the Me Too movement. There are instances of sexual assault on university campuses. This one kind of took a bit of a wild twist. So I guess for starters, why don't you start me off with telling me kind of the basis of this lawsuit that you heard about? I read it again today uh, for the purposes of this interview, and it's 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 quite disturbing what is described there. The, the whole process, the the whole system that led to him, uh, this Mr. McCool, to be uh, alleged to have been a sex offender. I mean, what could be worse? It's a bit surreal. Earlier this year, he's elected as a, a VP on a student body. VP internal. I'm not sure what that means, but he's elected VP internal of a student body at the Student Association at McGill University. According to the lawsuit, he campaigned unopposed. No one ran against him. It's a job that pays $35,000, which is another thing that caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. His platform was against uh, sexual violence in a university and consent and things like that. That's what he, he campaigned on. A week after he's elected, he's informed by a student, another a student association who say that there's an anonymous person who's alleged you've done something and you have to answer to it. And like anybody else, he says, fine. So I'm sorry, you know, first two questions, who's accusing me of this? And secondly, what am I accused of? All he's told is it's alleged that you've sexually assaulted someone. He was perhaps told that alcohol was involved in whatever was being alleged. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the timing of this thing today. The allegation was made on March 12th, just before March 13th in, in Montreal. I don't know about you guys in West, but in Montreal, that's like a key date. That's when everything shut down in Montreal because of COVID-19. We have an instance, Declan McCool, he ran for VP internal of the Students Association at McGill. And then a week after he is acclaimed because no one ran against him. That's right. Was it the Students Association that informed him or was it the organization in his field of study? To be exact, it's the uh, Engineering Undergraduate Society of McGill University. They're the ones who received the uh, allegation. Where it gets surreal is that he has to go before the so-called committee. I, I, I'm going to sound critical here, but I, I really have trouble understanding what the hell was going on over there. He has to appear before a committee of four students, and they're told, you can't know who's making the allegation, and we can't give you any specifics, like time, date, anything. They say, defend yourself. To me, that's ridiculously unfair. It goes against the Charter of Rights. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it goes against the, the concept of open courts and all of that. I know we're not talking about a court of law. So he's told that he has allegations made against him. He isn't initially told what it's for. He isn't initially told who made the allegations. And he has to go before a 
panel of his peers who they know what the allegations are, but he doesn't know what the allegations are. That's right. Is he ever told what the allegations are? Well, it's the thing. He tries to defend himself. According to the lawsuit, they didn't really give him a chance to defend himself at all. Then they make their decision. And, you know, it sounds kind of reasonable. If this is part of some new process that was developed after the Me Too movement, I can understand it. There's two key things that happen. He gets a like a reprimand. He's told, you're suspended from attending events at McGill that involve alcohol. Basically, any party at the university where there's students. But the other key thing is, this is all supposed to be confidential. So he's supposed to get a tap on the wrist, and it's all supposed to be uh, kept confidential. According to the lawsuit, eight hours after he receives this decision, it's posted in the, the McGill Daily, the, the student newspaper. This is a huge student newspaper uh, in Montreal. It's posted online. There's a story that basically outlines everything. That, that's where he's getting the details. But again, the person making the allegation is allowed to remain anonymous. It's a call out basically saying, well, look, now he's been, the word the, used in the lawsuit is convicted. I, I wouldn't use that word. But anyway, they say convicted by this, this so-called committee. So they say, oh, now that he's been convicted by this committee, the person making the allegation calls for him to be removed from the, the student uh, body that he was just elected to. So he's ultimately convicted, as you say, the lawsuit says he was convicted, but the tribunal sided against him. This four-person panel in the Engineering Undergraduates Association sides against him. Does he have an appeal process? Like, is he able to find recourse here? Yes, he's allowed to ask that a, uh, a party look into the allegation uh, independently. And that's what he does. And he proposes four people, four, four or five people, including a superior, a retired superior court judge. He says, this is who I would like to investigate this. And the committee says, no, 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 no. we're going to choose the person. So they choose uh, a lawyer. The lawyer does an investigation that was either seven weeks long or 17 weeks long, interviewed mostly witnesses supplied by the woman who alleged she was sexually assaulted. The lawyer's decision is stunning. She says, no. first, the first problem is this committee had no jurisdiction to decide this, mm-hmm. came to the wrong decision, and just totally said this committee's so-called investigation was a complete waste of time. And not only that, but she finds that based on the balance of probabilities, that's a legal term, that if you read between the lines in the lawsuit, something happened. There, was, there were sexual relations involved in February. And I'm assuming that the issue is consent. And the lawyer determines, no, uh, based on the, uh, on the probabilities, basis of probabilities, it, this did not involve sexual assault. I'm going to be as uh, delicate as that because uh, it's so bizarre, this situation described in the lawsuit. Did the lawyer who investigated the allegation have anything to say based on your reading of the lawsuit about the panel and the decision and then the fact that the McGill Daily got access to something that was supposed to be confidential? Her investigation was limited to what happened with that engineering undergraduate society. If I read it right, it basically said you you had no business doing this investigation, and that's where everything just exploded. It all stemmed from this so-called committee. What was the reasoning behind the lawsuit? What is it that the lawsuit is alleging was done to Mr. McCool? Basically, that is, it destroyed his reputation. The term that was used was... Uh, as they destructively impacted the life of the plaintiff, uh, Declan McCool. He received threats on social media. He was on the McGill's rowing team. I just noticed a detail that escaped me when I first did the article when I reread the lawsuit. 
even his rowing coach on the McGill rowing team sent out a Facebook message to the entire rowing team saying, hey, uh, you should distance yourself from this guy. I mean, it's incredible that this thing that came out of a committee that a lawyer says should never have happened in law in Canada. Basically, what he's alleging in lawsuits is that he's, it's destroyed his life, mm-hmm. despite the so-called uh, confidentiality <laughs> that was supposed to come out of that tribunal, that so-called tribunal. Another student association, basically the main student association in McGill, uh, the Student Society of McGill University, picked up the ball. Like you know, it, it creates this firestorm. This allegation comes out of this committee. The committee makes a decision, and it looks all official and all tickly boo. But then, so then it's picked up by the McGill Daily, and it's published. And this firestorm starts creating. And then, you know, people start posting things on social media. You got to get rid of this guy. You got to take. You know, this is horrible. We have a sexual predator who's been elected uh, VP to this society. So then people start to pressure, manipulation. Mm-hmm. The Student Society of McGill University puts out this uh, uh, release saying, well, we denounce him and uh, they suspend him from the Student Association. Again, he has to, to defend himself before the Student Society of McGill University and they say, no, we're afraid of you. That's children in charge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These are the things that are ch- quite chilling in, in this lawsuit if they're proven true. Who is the lawsuit levied against? Is it McGill? Is it the Student Society? Is it the McGill Daily? Or is it all of the above? There's a dozen parties involved. McGill, because he asked for McGill's provo to intervene like any normal person. He said, could someone in charge please step in here and help me out? And uh, the provost said, no, that's the student uh, associations are not uh, under our jurisdiction. So that's why McGill is, is named in the lawsuit. Also, because of what his rowing team coach did to him, uh, allegedly. The two student associations that we've mentioned, the Engineering Society and the Student Society of McGill University. The organization that uh, publishes uh, McGill Daily. The woman who alleged that uh, she was sexually assaulted two editors on McGill Daily who decided to run the first article and then allowed the woman who made the allegation to write a very lengthy statement published under the name Sam. The the amazing thing is the statement is still there on McGill Daily's website. I was able to find and recommend anyone to listening to go and find that on McGill Daily's website. It's quite stunning. What does she say in the statement? One thing, well, she accuses him flat out of being uh, that she was sexually assaulted. But then all this language comes in that I assume comes from the Me Too uh, movement. One thing that struck me was that she says, I don't have time for the police. Apparently, she hasn't filed a complaint with the police. I don't have time to report this to the university or to the police. I'd rather it go this way, where, where she's making this allegation in the McGill Daily. And she remains anonymous, yet she gets to basically accuse this man of a crime. She, she's basically saying he's a criminal. Now, as someone who covers courts and crime, What do you make of the idea that this could be handled in the way that it was handled? It'd be one thing that someone may not want to go to police, and I know that that's common in many sexual assault cases, that women don't like how they get treated by the police when they come forward, or cases tend to take a long time, or it just exacerbates the stress of being assaulted. But what do you make of a process where the accuser and the allegations are essentially left hidden from the person who is being accused of it. I don't want to exaggerate, but I'm not joking when I say, as I read the lawsuit last week, this movie, uh, JFK, with Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for the old reference, but there's a scene in the movie where Kevin Costner is is arguing before a jury. Uh, he's trying to prove that uh, Oswald uh, wasn't the only person who killed, uh, or even did not kill, uh, John F. Kennedy. And 
he characterizes uh, Oswald as a patsy. And he's trying to explain this to the jury. And he says, I could hear Kevin Costner saying this in my ear as I was reading the lawsuit. He says, Oswald is like a character in, in the, this Kafka novel. I believe he's referring to the trial mm-hmm. where this man is accused of something. He doesn't even know who his accuser is and doesn't even know exactly what he's accused of. That's exactly what is characterized in this lawsuit. It, it's absurd that a person would be called before some committee that pretends to have some official status and says, uh, you got to answer to this serious allegation. You say, well, well, what is the allegation? What, what are you referring to? And they don't tell you. Have any of the defendants issued a statement of defense or has the university spoken about this at all? The university had no comment. The organization that publishes the McGill Daily uh, later uh, contacted us and said anything that they would have to say would be through their lawyer. The Student Society of McGill University did not reply at all. I've heard replies from uh, other people named in the suit. Uh, I won't get into it. I don't want to be mysterious, but there's potential there for a future interview. I, I don't want to get into it. Ho- mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, I'll be able to interview someone. But so far, nothing of any substance at all in terms of a comment. Well, Paul, it's a fascinating case and fascinating that you know someone could have their reputation ripped apart and not even know what it is that he or she had done. Thanks for your time. Thank you. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Paul Cherry. More from him at MontrealGazette.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.